0: hello and welcome to the voyage of the scarlet queen from otrgold.com this episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors
1: queen, Philip Carney, master. Position, 8 degrees, 4 minutes south, 112 degrees, 20 minutes east. Wind fresh, sky fair. Remarks, cleared Surabaya, Java after losing valuable cargo. Reason for loss, the peg-legged skipper and the Iberian blade. We followed some dirty weather into the harbor of Surabaya, but as soon as we tied up to the Semarang Trading Company's docks, the skies cleared. Then the port's business renewed. Harbor craft skittered to and fro. Profit in Dutch florins passed from hand to hand under the heat from the Java sun. And a visitor rushed aboard the Scarlet Queen. Uh, wait a uh, you are Captain Carney, yeah? That's right. Uh, I am Carl the Bishop from the Samarang Company. Oh, you got
0: cargo for us? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Cargo for you to take to Darwin, Australia. We will load at once, yeah? The papers are in order in the office and the officer, you come up there to sign. Uh, you first get ready to take it aboard. Yeah, what's the rush? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rush. Uh, Silicon for the steel mills in Australia. I pay you bonus if you rush, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Gallagher! All right, Skipper. Peel the covers off the hatches. We got cargo coming aboard.
0: Stand, Skipper,
1: Newton, take two men and open number one hose. Cole, give me a hand on number two. Let's go! The papers were in order, and even before I'd come back to the ship, the cargo was streaming aboard. As per the bills of lading, the boxes that were dropping into the holes were marked silicon. to Semarang Trading Company Darwin. Hey, what is this, stuff, Skipper? Silicon? That's yeah. ah, a hardening chemical used in making steel, Red. How are we doing? Just about all Good, we can use that bonus. I'm going below and get our clearance papers ready. And just about then, we had our second visitor. I heard him before I saw him. And then he was entering my cabin. He was a seafaring man from his looks. In place of his left leg was a wooden peg. He was past middle age, bloated looked at me through pig eyes that were forced almost closed by a frown. I'll have a word with you, Captain Carney, about this cargo. Wait a minute. Who said you could come busting in here? You'll sit down, Carney. My name is Tom Larkin, captain of the schooner Sea Sprite. Can't figure what you and I got to talk about. This cargo. It'll be loaded before dark and I'll be casting off at dawn. The cargo, Captain Carney, is rightfully mine. Oh, wait a minute. Never mind an argument, Carney. You see, I've learned that arguments are one by the man holding the gun. And so Mutual continues The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen, written by Gil Dowd and Bob Tolman, and starring Elliot Lewis. The Scarlet Queen, proudest ship to plow the seas, bound for uncharted adventure. Every week, a complete entry in the log... And every week, a league further in The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. No arguments, Carney. The cargo is mine. That isn't what the papers say. They're signed by Carl the Bishop and me, and they say the cargo is consigned to me. What well, do you get off pushing in here with a pistol in your fist saying it's yours? I have a contract with the Semerang Company. I've sailed under their flag for 25 years. It's my cargo. I was delayed by heavy weather in the straits. Instead of waiting for me, that the Bishop gave it to you. You'll be paid a bonus for your trouble and the affair will be settled with new signatures. But it's as simple as that, what's the gun for? I've been dealing with men for a good many years, Connie. Like I say, I learned that more arguments are won by the man holding the gun. I lost a leg as well as an argument one time... when I didn't have a gun. It was a strong lesson.
0: All right, how does
1: this argument wind up? You'll come with me up to the Bishop's office... where the contracts will be re-signed... and the cargo will be transferred to my ship. Yeah? I will see about that. It was just about dusk... when we reached the company warehouse... Went through the door into the Bishop's office. The Bishop was through signing or unsigning contracts. The cause of death was unexplained yet, but he was slouched over his desk in an attitude that was unmistakable. Here, yeah. yeah, here, what is this? Beggs, what's happened? A slight man with hunched shoulders and balding head stood in the middle of the room ringing his Tell Here, Beggs. What happened? Uh-huh. What's the matter with the bishop? Uh, I don't know,
0: sir. I was like that when I came in. I don't know. Don't jibber, babe. Uh, I don't know, sir. I was like that. I tell you when I came in. I really. I it. The
1: oh. bishop? The bishop, what's the. Uh, blast you. He lifted the body to an upright position. Blast you, what a worthless cat! And he shoved it. The chair upset and the body crumbled to the floor with it. Larkin stood looking down at it. So did I. Looking at the ornate Spanish silver hilt of the Iberian blade. It was protruding from just above De Bishop's heart. I'll see to the transfer of that cargo, Connie. What makes you think I'll stand by anything you see to? I've got the authority now that De Bishop is dead, and I use it. Look, Larkin, I got a contract with the Samarang Company. They're going to release me from it, or nobody is. That's law in Java or the Malay States or Australia or place else. I'll take care of that. Not with me, you won't. Get in touch with the Darwin office. Tell him to notify the port captain here. I'll take my orders from him. I'll take care of that, Captain Carney. You, Beggs, come here. Hey,
0: officer?
1: What's your tie-up with this? What with? With the office, the company.
2: I'm a clock, What sir. was the murder for? I don't know, sir. It was
1: that just sitting there I kind What of... about that cargo? Why's is and so hot to get it aboard his ship?
0: I, I don't know, sir. I, I don't know nothing about Captain Locken's interest Stop in sniveling. that sniveling.
1: You better report this murder. Somebody ought to be interested in poor De Bishop.
0: Gallagher! Yes, Deborah in the cabin.
1: Open off I took a little time off and got mixed up in a murder will we'll put the bottle down you don't need a drink that's where you're wrong
0: I'm
1: not kidding Red well who who was it the bishop the devil how come I think we took on a hot cargo I tried to get hold of somebody at the customs office to check it for us but it's after hours I think to play it safe we better get the queen out of here why who are we running from a Captain Tom Larkin, who's got a peg leg or crew someplace and strong feelings about putting this stuff aboard his ship. I don't want a dozen or so armed men catching us off guard. I want you to move the Queen. Where are you going? I'll be in town at the Simpang Hotel. Get her out of sight, anchor in the stream someplace. And break open a few of those boxes and see what the cargo really is. Let me know sometime tonight, will you? Yeah, sure. I sent a cable to the Semarang Company's office in Darwin explaining things and requesting an answer addressed to me at the Simpang Hotel. Then I checked the local law to see if the Bishop's murder had been reported. It hadn't been, so I gave them as much of the story as I knew. Then I went to the hotel to wait. I waited about an hour and a half. Yeah?
2: Captain, tell me. I must talk to you.
1: The figure on the other side of the door was very trim, darkly appealing, and very feminine. She pushed away into the room and closed the door.
2: I am Marcia Calero. How do you do? I I was for a long time a very close friend to Carl. Carl? Carl de Bishop. We met in Argentina and and I followed him here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, sit down, Miss Calero.
2: Thank you. <laughs> It is so sad about Carl. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you come to me? I, I had no place else to turn. It was such a shock to be told by the police like that. So sudden. They they told me about you and and I needed someone to talk with.
1: <laughs> In the States, we'd say your act is from <laughs> hunger, Gordon.
2: I... I beg your pardon. You got
1: my address because you or Beggs or Larkin found out about my cable to Darwin. It's the only place I mentioned this hotel. Suppose we dry up and start again,
2: huh? Yes, always. Captain Kearney, where is your ship?
1: That's better. My ship is in a safe anchorage and it'll stay there until I hear from the Darwin office or turn it over to customs or both.
2: Oh, that is good. I was afraid that Captain Larkin had gained control of it. Why? It was Carl's cargo and mine. Now that Carl is gone, it is all mine. We made the original investment, and now I deserve to make the profit. Is that not right?
1: You aren't wasting many tears over your late, very close friend, but it sounds business-like, not
2: huh? it? I am not so hard as I sound. I am very frightened. Captain Larkin wants to steal the cargo. That is why he killed Carl. Uh-huh.
1: What is the cargo?
2: It is silicon. You must have known that, Captain Carney.
1: That's what I was led to believe. Yeah. I
2: want you to help. I want you to protect my cargo, and have the police arrest Captain Larkin for killing poor Carl. I would pay you a big bonus. You would do this for me?
1: Everybody's got a bonus. Look, why don't you just tell the police about Larkin? I'm afraid. If to. you're telling the truth, why should you be?
2: I am telling the truth. But sometimes the truth is very hard to tell.
1: About the cargo, you mean?
2: About everything. You see, I am not Carl's legal widow or the remaining legal business partner. Who is that?
1: Hey, Skipper. Oh, Red, just a second. Come on in. Uh, Yeah, I'm on... Well, I should say... This is Miss Marcia Calero. How are you? Mr. Gallagher. How do you... How do you do?
2: It is my pleasure.
1: No, no, not at all. Yeah, I, yeah. What did you uh, find out about the cargo, Red, if I, I may interrupt? Ca- oh, oh, yeah, cargo. Oh, yeah, Skipper. I split open some of those boxes. It's silicon inside, all right. In bars about a foot and a half long and about six by six inches the other way.
2: Cavitan, you did not believe me.
1: I do now, gorgeous. I do now. Oh, uh, Skipper, here's something I picked up at the desk for you. It's a cable, I guess. Clerk says yeah, that it was... Yeah, thanks. We... Right. Hold it. Huh? Well, listen.
0: Is
2: Captain
1: Larkin? Get out of sight, Gorgeous. In there. Hurry. Right. We'll take care of this guy. All right, take the side of the door, Red. Yeah. I'll open it. You collar. Yeah, okay.
0: Who is it? You'll open the door, Connie. Oh, yeah.
1: For you, I will, Larkin.
0: Guys, I'm just getting inside. Said, What's
1: the crew for, Larkin? Hey, what is this anyway? Get inside! Clyde! Clyde.
0: Clyde.
1: Clyde. Oh, look, look out. <laughs> That's enough water for the good captain. Don't want to drown him, Clyde. He's coming around now. Keep him in the chair. Two of you behind him. Get his arm. Now we'll have a word, Carney. Where are we? Never you mind that, sir. What do you want? You'll tell me where your ship is. That's what I want from you. I don't know. Oh! You'll be stupid if you want to, Carney. But look around you. The sight may change your mind, I looked at the strange room for the first time. Gallagher was on the floor out. The little bald clerk begs, slumped forward against the line that lashed him to a chair. He was bare to the waist, and his torso was striped by welts from the beating. Lashed into another chair sat Marcia Calero, her eyes filled with terror. You understand now, Carney. There'll be no stopping until we learn what we want to know. Where is your ship? What happens to my mate and me if I tell you? No,
0: no, don't tell you. Ah! <laughs>
1: I said, what happens if I tell you? I'll have that cargo. And what'll we have? My mate and I. You will not go together to show me where your ship is. It's all right. My mate stays here. I'll take you. Then what do we get? No, no,
0: you can't. (laughs) Once the
1: cargo's aboard the sea sprite, and we're well out of the harbor, you'll be put over the side, and I'll be through with you. I'm supposed to believe that, huh? All I want is the cargo, Connie. You and your mate can go hang after that. Well... All right. I gambled because there wasn't anything else to do. I went with Larkin. I marked the spot we left a residence somewhere near the local river, the Calimas. Then we headed toward the waterfront. I led him down onto the mud shore. I was hoping for a small boat, any small boat that would look like it had come from an American ship in these waters. Kept moving forward as though I knew where I was going. And a few hundred yards down... Uh, here's the boat. All right. Get in, sir. Now, start rowing. And remember, Captain Carney, I'm the man who's holding the gun.
0: Here.
1: I rowed us well offshore. I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I knew I had to do it. And it had to be simple. I figured I'd roll over the side and get under the boat and capsize it. I waited. And then... I heard a shot just as I settled into the water. I went under the boat... Reached up for the port gunwale and pulled down.
0: But I saw...
1: Threw him off balance, and before he could regain it, I hit the starboard gunnel and pulled that. Oh. Carini back to the other side. He tumbled out of the boat. Uh. Uh. I heard him come to the surface. It uh. was working well. I got his gun went. But I'd made a mistake. I underestimated him. Come ahead, Carney. I'm waiting for you. I'm coming, Captain. I approached him head on and started to circle. I was barely able to see him in the dark. When I circled the clothes in, he moved toward me. He flipped over on his back and lunged out at me with his big leg. Caught me in the solar plexus, knocked the wind out of me, doubled me over. He climbed onto my shoulders and pushed me under. Then the peg kept jabbing down at me. I felt it sear along my face as it took a gouge of skin and flesh from my cheek. And with almost my last bit of consciousness, I grabbed out for it. I held on to it. I fought my way to the surface. I kept my grip on it. Using it as a lever, I held his head underwater. His right boot crashed into my face, my chest, and my belly. But I held on until the kicks got weaker and stopped. And I had to fight with myself to keep from passing out. Only huh? half alive when I pulled him onto the mud shore. His gun was still held tightly in his hand. I took it away from him. We rested for a while. He was able to talk by the time I got him into the bishop's office in the Semarang warehouse. Now, like you say, Larkin, we'll have a word, huh? Sit down.
0: Hey.
1: Uh, you're a sly one, Connie. But you'll pay for this. I hope so. What makes that cargo worth all this? I don't know. Maybe I can beat you with the knowing. No, you can't. Because I'm not lying. I don't know. It's worth a fortune. But I don't know why. How do you know it is? Beggs told me he had the bishop talking to the woman about it. Didn't you lash the rest of it out of Beggs? No. And you didn't get it out of De Bishop before that knife blade went home? I don't know anything about that. Ask Beggs. He was here. I think I might do that. Right after I settle you in that chair so you'll wait for the police. He wasn't comfortable, but he was secure by the time I finished lashing him into place. Then I took Larkin's revolver, dried it, reassembled it, and shoved it into my pocket. As I did, I felt the crumpled, water-soaked cable from Darwin that Red had brought me. It was the first chance I'd had to read it. I stopped once before I got back to the residence on the Kalimas River to pick up a likely-looking stick of wood I saw lying by the side of the road. And when I walked down the hall to the room where I'd left Red and the others, I used the stick. With it, I sounded enough like Larkin to fool myself. I hoped my voice would sound enough like him to fool his crewmen. You're opening the door, man. I'm alone. Hold it, Ollie. Stay where you are. I said, hold it. Drop your gun. Get your hands on your head. Keep them there. Now, turn around. Get up against the wall.
2: Garrison, how wonderful you are, Pat. Glad
1: you like it, gorgeous. Oh, I do. You will free me, now. In a minute, Marcia, as soon as I get my mate on his feet. Hey, Red. Gallagher. The devil are you doing? You all right? No, I'm not all right. But I learned enough to play possum after they clubbed me the last few times I came to.
0: <laughs>
1: Give me a lift off, will you? Yeah, sure. Come on, mate. on your feet.
0: There you go.
1: Well, what happened to your face? I got tangled up with that peg leg of Larkin.
2: Javidine, you will free me Don't now. Don't get
1: anxious, Marcia. Beggs is in worse shape than you are. Here, hold the gun on your friends, Red. I'll okay. cut him loose. Beggs? Come on, Beggs. We'll have you back on your... What's the matter with him? He wasn't built for a flogging like that.
2: Oh, is that... He's been sitting there. Come on, Marcella.
1: I'll cut you loose. Oh. Oh,
2: oh, gracias. I can go with you, Captain. You will stay near me.
1: I'm not so sure you'll want to go with me. Oh, but I do. You have to take me. Okay, remember that you asked me. We're going to my ship to get a few bars of your silicon and enter the customs office. Red, yes. take care of your friends, will you? I'll be back. <laughs> No, American. Yeah, what is you? you we brought want? you some silicon we'd like to have you look over. It's from a cargo that belongs to Miss Calero here.
2: It is also unnecessary, Capitan.
1: What is it you want, uh, silicon? I want in? you to take these bars someplace where you can melt them down. Oh,
2: Capitan, why you do this? You are so foolish. Maybe,
1: Gorgeous, but if silicon wasn't the cause of this mess tonight, something else was. What is mess? Two murders, to date. What is the silicon? Ask her. I ask you.
2: I do not know what this is all
1: about. No, I think I can come pretty close. A shipment of silicon to Australia is natural enough. It's used to harden iron and making steel. I don't know what its melting point is, but it's pretty high, over a 1,000 degrees centigrade. So it would be a lot of trouble to melt down the bars to see if anything had been mixed with the silicon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk too quick. I, I don't follow so far. You don't have to understand. All you have to do is have it melted to prove whether I'm right or wrong.
2: I do not know anything you are talking about. I will be at my home if the customs officer wants to talk any more to me.
1: Hey, look. Yeah? Get this stuff someplace where you can melt it. I got another stop to make with her. Yeah, if you think it is necessary. It is cheap. I got it on good authority. Hey, Marcia, wait a minute. Now, wait. I'll walk you home.
2: I do not think I would like it. Oh,
1: come on. Maybe on the way we can figure out how to pin the bishop's murder on begs. Come on.
2: You... You are a difficult man to understand, Kevin Carney. Why did you say that?
1: Because you killed the bishop so Captain Larkin wouldn't force him to transfer the cargo to his ship.
2: Why do you say that?
1: Because Captain Larkin saw you do it.
2: Ah, he is lying. You know he is.
1: No, I wish I did. I hate to see you go up for it. You're not the type for Dutch prisons.
2: Oh, uh, Captain, wait. Why did you say that?
1: Because you're so beautiful.
2: Uh, you think so?
1: I'm human. I'm not blind.
2: I do not understand you. Look at me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What do you want? For what? To go away or to stay with me. You know what it is about the cargo, no?
1: Sure. Diamonds.
2: They don't have to find them. Why don't you stay with me? We will have money and together a good life.
1: With eyes like yours, gorgeous, you make it tough.
2: though, please.
1: But I saw that Spanish knife handle sticking out of the bishop's chest. Oh, don't, please. I'm afraid I wouldn't have one easy moment, you. Oh,
2: but you would, mi amor. Because
1: I couldn't forget how you handled very close friends when you're through with them.
2: I hate you. I'll kill you. Get you away from me. All
1: right, calm down. Gorgeous. Let me go. I'll
0: kill you. I'll kill you. I'll kill you.
1: between the time I dropped Marcia into the hands of the local homicide boys and our departure from Surabaya were busy ones. Customs took the rest of the silicon off the ship and melted it down. The diamonds hidden in it were worth enough to buy and sell the Queen three or four times. We took on a legitimate cargo the next morning, and by noon we would cast off and nosed out into the wind sweeping down across the island of Madura. to make Pulled the men into their positions.
0: With four sheets, make
1: And the halyards screamed through the sheaves under the pull of strong backs. The mainsail rose into place. The jib went out. And the mizzen. The deck beneath me canted the port. And the Scarlet Queen took the bone in her teeth and settled onto her course. I guess we'll get there with this rig, Skipper. It'll do, Red. At least it's dropping surabaya on our stern fast enough. Yeah. You know, you're a pretty sharp lad, Skipper. Oh, thanks, Red. How do you mean? Oh, the way you figured out that there were diamonds in that silica. How'd you do that? Oh, I was simple, Red. I might be just a little psychic. Oh, you haven't got X-ray eyes. I know you well enough to assume that, I think. I hope your opinion of me won't drop when I tell you, Red. That cable from Darwin gave me a, a hint. A hint? Yeah, it was from customs. They said they'd arrested all the Semarang Company personnel in Darwin and would appreciate any information I could give them on those in Surabaya. Hmm. They were suspected of smuggling diamonds. Oh, a hint. Uh, Why did all arrest Red? Up to and including putting another beautiful woman behind bars. Yeah, well, we'd all be better off if you'd stay away from them and stick to the one you got. (laughs) Here, Skipper. To the Queen? She's got a few tricks herself. Yeah. To the Scarlet Queen. After you, mate. After you. Entry, the catch Scarlet Queen, 5.30 p.m., wind fresh, sky fair, sea cresting with high crosswell, ship secure for night, signed Philip Carney, master. (laughs)